Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Games with Gerds. We're going to be talking a few things recovery today, okay, and what recovery means to your training, and more importantly, how it can be applied in context. Just like with everything on this podcast, context matters. This isn't just another fitness podcast where we discuss ideas and philosophies. We, we talk about the application of these ideas and philosophies to your training so that you can take action on this immediately. Uh, a lot of that stuff just comes from the belief that action is power, not knowledge, right? Some of us were taught knowledge is power, but knowledge in action is power. So you can get smarter, but applying that knowledge in a real world context is so vitally important for you guys' success inside the gym and outside of the gym. So I'm excited for today's episode. I'm sure there's going to be some things you guys are going to pull away from this. They're going to make an immediate impact on your training. And uh, if you're a trainer, your client's training as well. So the real question is, is how do you, the busy professional or simply the individual has a ton on their plate, take care of your physical fitness and long-term health without sacrificing performance in the other 23 hours of your life? Welcome to the 23 Hours Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Gertz. This podcast will discuss different strategies, and tactics that you can utilize in life, business, and fitness to accomplish more and sacrifice less. This podcast will also explore how that one hour of exercise a day builds and fosters the successful habits that are necessary to crush the other 23 hours in your life. I'm thankful that you're here listening, and I can't wait for you to get value from the 23 Hours Podcast. Okay, so let's let's zoom out first, real quick, before we jump into today, guys. So, uh, this week has been—it's um, the second week of the new year, uh, maybe the first week of the new year—and I'm hoping you guys are having a good start. But in that, I've seen a lot of uh, content um, floating around the internet, being published on the social media channels about people starting their resolutions, and I love it. Got a lot of respect for people making changes, um, but I also see a lot of trainers, uh, I guess, trying to. Uh, market their services and stuff online, which is awesome as well. Um, but I, I came across some stuff that caught my eye and it was stuff that was like, you know, you don't need to go to a gym. Um, some of it was even outlandish as like, you don't need heavy weights. You don't need a barbell, you know, stuff like that. And I was just kind of thinking about it. And, you know, at that same time, I had like a few people um, in my network send me some articles that they came across that were talking about some fitness buff who was talking about how you don't need to train like a power lifter to make significant gains in muscle. And I think I went on a tangent. You guys, if you follow me on social media, that's been a lot of my focus. Um, my Instagram stories, I'm always pretty active on those, uh, very active actually, and always do at least one daily, um, rant where I talk about something, in the industry that confused me whenever I was at the beginning of my muscle gain journey. So this week, a huge focus for me has been like that conversation around, should you be training heavy or not? And once again, like nobody can really approach that conversation without context. And I can't approach this recovery conversation today without context. So let's start there. Why do I bring all this up? Well, people have a good argument when they're like, you don't need a barbell back squat. You don't need to do heavy compound movements to, um, train effectively for muscular hypertrophy. Um, and you know, with that being said, obviously I think that that could be true. There's some merit to that, but at the same time, it's also not true. And I'm a hundred percent believer that you need heavy compound movements 
at some point on your fitness journey in order to see success. But here's the issue. And here's where recovery ties into this. Some people don't have the prerequisites to move heavy loads. Some people don't have the joint mechanics. Um, like I talk about muscle gain secrecy book a lot. Mobility is a prerequisite that you must possess before you can start touching weights. You, you can't train a high bar back squat with really bad ankles. And if you try and do that, then other parts of your body are going to be compensating in order to get into the position that you're forcing your body into, right? Squatting to depth, coming out of the hole with a neutral spine. Like if you don't have good ankle flexion, meaning your ankle, your foot can't stay flat on the ground with your knee traveling over your toes without your heel coming up. Uh, at least, you know, you should have about three inches is kind of the standard high bar back squat's going to be impossible for you. Like, and if you do accomplish it, I guarantee you there's a little bit of lumbar flexion or thoracic flexion occurring too much, uh, during that movement pattern, which over time is going to lead to a blown out disc. Like that's why it's unsafe. Right. So people will be like, Oh, well it places stress on the body and the joints. I'm like, not if you're in a good position. And of course it press, it places stress on the joints in the body. That's what the body is designed to do. That's why we have muscles and tendons and bones. And ultimately, if you neglect the importance of training with maximal loads, you're, you're, you're preparing yourself for failure in life. Like what if you have to, you know, God forbid, lift something heavy one day to get it off of a kid, right? You've heard stories of like moms lifting cars off of kids, you know, these her heroic stories. Obviously, that's pretty outlandish, but like ultimately in the gym, we're training for life. Like what if you step off a curb with, you know, 60 pounds of groceries in your arms and you land on one leg off of a high curb and your knee explodes because you've never exposed, your, you know, I just think about stuff like that. Nobody's talking about stuff like that. And I know it might seem crazy to you, but it's true. I see people get injured outside of the gym all the time. And injury is the number one thing that will prevent you from having the health that you desire or the physique of your dreams. Like it is immobilization is extremely detrimental to your journey. And that's what we're talking about today when we talk about recovery. So I just wanted to highlight that because a lot of the stuff we're talking about when we talk about recovery is not like, Hey, sleep. We're not going to talk about sleep today. You guys know how much you need to sleep. Go sleep. Okay. We'll do a podcast on sleep eventually, but we're talking about building recovery into your training protocol and building it in for your clients as well. Now, how do we do that? Well, personally, I know you guys probably listened to the five step pain-free warm-up sequence podcast that I did on my warm-up routine that I preach, because if you build in recovery methods into your warm-up, then you're going to be taking care of your body every single time you go to the gym, right? When we train, we're trying to uh, place stress on the body. We're trying to give it a stimulus to respond to. So it is supposed to be intense. It is supposed to be hardcore. It is supposed to be effective. Now, the recovery aspect to that is like, hey, you're only as good as the exercise that you recover from, meaning you're not going to make progression. You're not going to advance unless you recover from those bouts of exercise. So let's say I do a leg day. I need to warm up properly for my leg day. That five-step pain-free warm-up sequence that I've developed covers a lot of the stuff that you need to do to prepare your body for an intense leg day. Okay. And on top of that, it has joint mobilization built in. It has corrective exercises built in so that at the same time that you're training hard and heavy and hardcore, you're also checking the boxes on, Hey, did I get my tires rotated? Did I get my oil change? And you're doing that every single day, right? It's like maintenance. Okay. Now when it comes to recovery and recovering between workouts, 
there's a ton of different stuff we can talk about, but more, most importantly, like nutrition, I mentioned sleep, but what we're going to talk about specifically on this podcast today are two methods that I incorporate daily to recover from my workouts and increase the amount of, uh, uh, my body's ability to recover from the stimulus, make an adaptation and go training hard again the next day. And if you're able to stack up a ton of days like that, that you train hard, recover from it, train hard the next day, recover from that, maybe take a day off, train hard, recover from that, then you're going to, you're going to have success. You're going to make progress really fast. Okay. So, you know, the story that I have is that, you know, where I came from and being in the athlete world on Saturdays, what we would do after a football game on Friday nights, I used to be a quarterback. Um, my knees would hurt so bad the day after a game. Okay. They would hurt so bad because I was running and cutting at maximal intensities, right? I was playing in competition. That's the most intense activity that you can partake in is when you're in a competitive uh, environment, right? Because you're pushing yourself literally to your limits in order to win. So, you know, I was a very active running quarterback. So I ran the ball a lot. I threw a lot too, but I wore cleats on a turf field on Friday nights and I ran and I cut and I, my knees got taken out for me when I got tackled and my knees, when I want to throw a pass and somebody would, a lineman would roll into me and I'd get rolled on and my knees would buckle and my knees always freaking hurt is what I'm trying to tell you guys. And on Saturdays, our coaches, and this is nothing against them. This was just our protocol. We'd get together for a lift and a film session. And I remember when we would go to our lifts on Saturdays, I would literally just use the bar, if not like 135 on back squat, because we would do like three light sets of 10 on back squat because their philosophy was that would help us recover. Now, obviously there's a lot of reasons why that's wrong, but um, that's not the point of this episode. I'm just trying to tell you guys, like, I remember thinking when I was in high school, like, Oh my God, like my, the rest of my life, like my knees are always going to hurt. Like this is awful. And when I mean to tell you guys that I couldn't bend my knees, like that's how bad it was. And there was nothing wrong with them. I just had tendonitis at the time because I was a super active athlete and I had Osgood slaughters too, which is a knee condition where like you have uh, bone buildup. I don't know what you call it, but regardless, I had, I had a tough time with my knees. I remember one practice specifically and it would happen during practice too. My knees would hurt, but a, a ball was snapped low. I was in a shotgun and during a live play where the defense was coming to take my head off, um, there was a bad snap by our center at the time and it rolled at my feet and I went to bend and pick up the ball. And instead of bending at the knees, I just bent at my back and put my head down to pick up the ball and I couldn't reach it through, over my shoulder pads. And next thing I know, a coach had come from behind the they would stand behind the the play. He grabbed me by my shoulder pads and he yanked me out of the way as a bunch of like bodies dived on the ball. Cause it was a fumble, right? The ball was alive. He grabbed me by the face mask and he looked at me and he said, you know, some profanity, what the is wrong with you? Get the out of the way. Right. And I was like, coach, I, I can't, I can't bend over to pick. I can't bend my knees. Like I couldn't get it. And he was like, what? he just, you know, kind of slapped my helmet and walked off and thought that I was crazy. But that's when I knew like, you know, Oh my God, like, I would ice my knees at night. I would do everything I could. And the real reason I'm bringing this up and telling you guys the story is like, that's the experience I've had with pain, that level of joint pain and that level of discomfort that literally inhibited me from performing at any level, not even at a high level that was preventing me from even bending my knee. 
and we would still train and weight lift. And I remember just grinding through the most terrible back squats of my life with bad knees, trying to do my lunges and it was awful and trying to do my jumps and everything that we did in our training protocol while I was an athlete as well was bad. And it was simply just because I didn't know at the time what I know now, you know, if I could have gone back, then I would have just done some of the stuff that I do daily. You know, I train hard now too. I never stopped training and I don't have any pain, you know, and I, I credit that a lot to the stuff that I'm going to talk about on the podcast today. And I've shared this with a ton of people and it's a part of any, any client that works with me. It's a huge focus, stretching and self myofascial release. That's what we're talking about when we talk about recovery. So, um, you know, stretching is kind of a, a very dense field. Like I really love yoga. Number one, like if you can do yoga, do yoga. Cause it's an interesting stretch philosophy, right? If you kind of get into the physiology of it, but I'm talking about how you can do it consistently, even if you don't go to a yoga class, because I don't want you guys just to depend on doing yoga once a week to get your recovery in. I want you guys to focus on recovering as much as you can. When if you're at the desk one day at work and you're like, man, my back's bothering me. I have a knot. You know how to take care of it because you have this protocol that I'm going to tell you about today. So first things first, I've told you guys in the pain-free warm-up um, podcast that I did. I think that was episode number 12, 13, maybe. I told you guys a lot about my research at the University of Texas and the review that I did on all of these different techniques that we use to take care of chronic pain and discomfort. Now, first of all, go see a doctor if you're dealing with pain, go get it x-rayed, go get an MRI, go speak to a professional. But second off, like there are things that you can do on your own to mitigate the risk of injury and also decrease chronic pain. So, you know, foam rolling, um, I have a video series that I'm putting together right now on how to properly foam roll. You guys should be doing that every time you walk into the gym. That's a part of the, that's one of the five steps, the pain-free warm-up sequence. But on your off days or your recovery days that should be built into your programming, you should be foam rolling your entire body. You should be giving it that self-myofascial release, right? You don't have to go get a massage every single week for your body to feel good and still train hard. You can do this stuff on your own. You can take self-responsibility for it and make sure that your joints stay in good health and that your soft tissue stays taken care of. So obviously that's the foam rolling part. Now the stretching part, like I said, is super complex. There's thousands of different ways you can stretch. Static stretching is dead. We all know that if you're still static stretching and holding an end range stretch without doing anything unique with that, like bend over and touch your toes, that's not an effective way to stretch. Like you definitely need to plug into this content and then I'm going to give you a resource at the end of the podcast today for more information on, but stop doing that. Like there's a smarter way to stretch. And one of my favorite ways and current methods that I've been using over the past two years, and it's actually not one of the steps of the pain-free warm-up protocol, by the way, this is something that I only do on my recovery days because I absolutely don't like stretching. I really don't like stretching, but this is called end range oscillatory stretching. And what it means is it's kind of mobility combined with stretching, static stretching, right? Now, in order to get sufficient increases in fascicle length, which is what we're talking about when we talk about flexibility, like you're literally increasing the length of the muscle at rest. That takes a ton of volume, a ton of frequency, and a ton of training. But if we increase the intensity of the exposure of stretching that we're doing, we can potentially see faster gains, so meaning you can get quicker increases in range of motion, quicker increases in flexibility, um, I'm honestly less concerned with flexibility. I personally believe that if you're following a weight training program that is well-balanced and you are loading 
the six foundational movement patterns through sufficient ranges of motion, then you are doing enough to maintain flexibility in your body, right? Because you're training through full ranges of motion with all the major muscle groups of your body. Okay. First and foremost, like that's important. And you're doing that four or five, six days a week. You're not going to get tight. Okay. The soft tissue stuff is going to be important for you to feel good and not get knots and myofascial trigger points, but you're not necessarily going to be getting tighter just because you're getting bigger. And I hear that all the time. Like, Oh, I'm so tight, man. I was like, no, you just don't train correctly. You train like a, a meathead, like a bodybuilder. Okay. That's why you feel like crap is because you're not incorporating loaded stretching with your lifts. You're not incorporating the five-step pain-free warm-up sequence. You're not incorporating any recovery days. The only people that are taking care of your body are people that you pay to massage you, which in my opinion is your, it's your responsibility to do that. Okay. So I hope you can get kind of a high level overview of what we're talking about when we talk about my method of recovery. It is in your warmups. And then secondly, you have built in recovery days to your program where you do a full body foam roll for one to two minutes on every major muscle group. Like I said, I have video resources on YouTube for you guys. I actually have a playlist that I'm building out right now for y'all. And then I also have the end range oscillatory stretches for every major muscle group as well. Okay. So if you combine self myofascial release therapy or techniques with stretching, there are more multiple research articles to support that that is effective in decreasing chronic pain and mitigating the risk of injury. Multiple research studies on that. A good stretching protocol combined with self myofascial release is enough. And enough is good for me when it comes to that because I've seen the results of it and so have my clients. So what does the recovery day look like? Well, like I said, you're going to foam roll every major muscle group in your body. And then secondly, you're going to do end range oscillatory stretching. Okay. The mobility combined with the stretch. So like for a hip flexor stretch, rear foot elevated on a bench, like you're doing a Bulgarian split squat, you're going to get into the end range hip flexor stretch, right? Where you move your hips and that front knee over the toe and you stretch out the hip flexor and you're going to pulse in the end range. That's what an oscillation is, is in and out a ballistic type stretch for 15 to 20 reps on that hip flexor and on that, that quad that you're stretching. Okay. So you come into the end range and out of it, into the end range and out of it really quick pulses. Okay. Oscillations followed up with a static stretch for one to two minutes, maybe even 45 seconds, whatever feels good, right? If you haven't been doing stretching at all, then just start with 45 seconds or even 30 seconds. But more importantly, those end range oscillations are so effective in getting the muscle prepared for a static stretch, right? You don't want to just start static stretching. You want to get some of the mechanical mechanoreceptors in there and Golgi tendon organs and some of these other things that neurologically are happening in your muscle to respond. So like I said, I'm going to make a video on that because it's hard to, for you guys to visualize this, but if you combine these two things and do it on your recovery days, once, twice, three times a week, your body's going to change over time. Your lifts are going to become better. You're going to get stronger. You're going to feel better in between lifts. You're going to recover quicker. And more importantly, you're going to add more muscle to your frame because you're going to be working through greater ranges of motion. And we know that working through a full range of motion is better than training through a par partial range of motion. Okay. In most scenarios. So I just, I love that because, you know, people don't ever take the context or the time to explain this, but like, Training with a barbell is not bad. Doing a heavy back squat with perfect technique is not risky at all. It's risky if you don't have the joint mechanics or the prerequisites to get into good positioning. Absolutely it is. But more importantly, your training should be focused around increasing range of motion, 
at every single joint in the body, increasing the amount of soft tissue work that you expose yourself to through self myofascial release techniques. And lastly, training through full range of motion with a balanced, well-organized training routine. So obviously those three things right there will take you further and keep you healthier longer than anything else because that massage therapist that you see once every three months is not going to make that much of a difference. At the end of the day, it's your responsibility to take care of your own body. It's the only one you have for the rest of this life. So I encourage you to start incorporating some of this stuff. There's going to be a YouTube playlist that I'm going to link in the bottom of this podcast for you guys to use as a resource. But also, I want to let you guys know about the Advanced Muscle Train uh, Muscle Gains program that I just launched. All of this is incorporated. The last four weeks is the most intense training of that program. And guess what? There's recovery days built in. There's even neurological recovery days built in, which I didn't discuss on today's podcast at all. But all of that is incorporated. And some stuff that I didn't mention, like loaded stretching, is stretching under load, a static stretch with weight. That is one of my favorite ways to see very fast increases in range of motion, okay? And hypertrophy, you get muscle gains from that because you're stretching under a load, meaning you're increasing the amount of time that your body's under tension and increasing total training volume by using a flexibility exercise. Doesn't that sound like an efficient use of your time? So if you're curious about how all of this stuff gets applied into an organized training program, like I've mentioned, hitting the six fundamental movement patterns, training with intention, hitting the fit RSVP principles that I preach, frequency, intensity, tempo, uh, RSVP, rest, recovery, volume, exercise selection, and progression, that's exactly what this 10-week advanced muscle gains program is. It is all of that included. It is not just really dope workouts. Yes, it's that, and it's so much more. And I want you guys to go check it out. You guys can go to 23hoursprogram.com forward slash advanced muscle gains. And you guys can hear all about how I incorporated all of this advanced training methods into a 10-week protocol so that you guys don't just hear this from me, but you actually see it in action and you're able to apply it because that's the best way for y'all to learn this and get better at it. So I'm excited for you guys to check that out. More importantly, I'm excited for you guys to hear a real-world context of how to apply recovery into your training, specifically when it comes to stretching and self-myofascial release. So thank you for listening. Go check out the podcast, uh, the, the YouTube playlist. I'm sorry. I'll link that in the description. And if you would like, like I said, um, the advanced muscle gains program is live. There's a special offer on that right now for the next few weeks. You can get it at a huge discount with a ton of other bonuses. And I'm excited for you guys to implement some of the stuff we talked about today into your training. Thanks for listening. I'll catch up with you guys next time.